You want a footy podcast with expert opinion. Beat Freo there last year for whatever that holds. Yes, the least relevant game of 2016. <laughs> with sizzling hot takes. They're a bigger cop taste to their fans than late 1990s Pamela Anderson. And unique analysis. What was it? What was the quote, mate? I don't know. I was pissed. <laughs> you want the Greenfield Post footy podcast. Yeah! What a weird, weird round of footy. Well, pretty much it's been a weird season, and it continued over the weekend with four well, pretty big upsets, including Carlton, Essendon, and Brisbane as well. Plenty to tick off performers of the week. Jack Watts, well, was it redemption? Liam Jones apparently is the fullback of the century now. Uh, we want to talk about the worst trade of the year so far. Rudy's Rant's back, and the three-word reviews for the buy teams, including Gold Coast and Port Adelaide. I'm Rabs Warren, editor of the JFP. As always, I'm here with Rudy Etzel. How are you, Rudy? I'm well, very well. Yes. Ethan? Fantastic. Well, after yesterday, I'm sure you're uh, in a less combative mood than uh, I am today after the D's <laughs> rolled my mind. It's going to be a fun mind. half an hour, man. Uh, it's going to be a very, very fun half an hour. As always, we're going to kick off with the performers of the week. I'll start. Um, I, lo- I do like Collingwood flavour. Uh, Dane Beams, I think has been sensational this season, minus the couple of games he missed with a quad. When he got down, went down with that injury, everyone thought, uh-oh, because his body's let him down over the past few years. But he's, he's averaging 30 disposal this season and a goal and almost five tackles. He was enormous again on the weekend. 36 touches, eight tackles, one goal, nine clearances. He went at 75% efficiency, and that's including 21 kicks. Remarkable. People have really quickly forgotten how good a player he was. Oh, amazing. Seriously. It's, it's kind of what happens up in Brisbane. It's like a Bermuda Triangle, isn't it? Then mm. they go and rinse Freo by 10 goals yeah, and suddenly you, the radar again. You could say the same thing about Dane Zorko. I thought he was brilliant on the weekend. Well, yeah, he was my player of the week. Mm. Thanks for spoiling it, Rudy. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't expect you guys to pick a bloody well, a Brisbane player. Well, we went we went a one-two we, punch because yeah, we've gone with the Dane flavour. Yeah, we have. I mean, we spoke about it before the before uh, the podcast today, Rudes, because uh, you you would have known, but you were a bit late in today because of course, of course, you actually yeah. have an actual job unlike us two here. <laughs> but uh, no, Beams is enormous, and he was joined by his mate. Uh, the other Dane, the the second fiddle Dane, but he was almost top dog no, in the weekend. First fiddle, first fiddle. <laughs> he's his first forty minutes of the game. He was. It was like he was playing on, like when you go on FIFA and set it to amateur, or you know, <laughs> yeah. or you play with two controls and you set the other one down and you mm. rinse the other team 30 0. He's playing like that. It was untouchable. It was when he kicked his first goal about 10 minutes into the second quarter or five minutes even. He had 17 touches, eight clearances, and that goal. He had more clearances than Fremantle. Do you reckon? At that point, well, it was phenomenal. Someone mentioned this morning on radio, I think it might have been on SEN, if Dane Beams was in Melbourne, he would be a top 15 player in the league. If Dane Zorko was in Melbourne, he would be spoken about a hell of a lot more. He is a genuinely good footballer. Yeah, he'd be top 15, bordering on top 10. Mm. Goal-kicking midfielders are, you know, they're hard to come by, and he is a definitive He's probably, probably the best of them at the moment, yeah. other, other than Dangerfield. He, he's an absolute jet. And those two... And Rockcliffe and Martin as well, who's having a great year in the ruck, really will Brisbane across the line against a pretty shit-ass Fremantle. Let's just say that. Yeah. Freo, they're going to just keep getting done like this on the road, I think. Mm. Um, well, not necessarily, but they if, something, if it goes against them early, I don't think they can really rest momentum back. Like, if they're getting run over by a quick side, they are still Ross Lyon team at the end yeah. of the day. Yeah. Can I spoil your player of the week? Yeah, go for it. <laughs> who's my player of the week, Eve? Uh, Essendon player. Yeah, yeah. I've gone with Kale Hooker. <laughs> now, the poor bastard went through two weeks of uh, really sort of savage hell mm. at the hands of, um, you know, lots of uh, commentators on the game. 
I, you know, you could you could argue I led the charge, and I'll accept that. <laughs> you could also argue it was warranted because he did look a little lost he, against he, Richmond. He he was shocking. he was he was awful against Richmond. I remember saying that he was you know they should have given him a medal for best on um, that night. But uh, then he came and kicked five goals in the first half against Port on on Saturday night, and um, that's his, that's a career high for him. He looked like uh, he looked unstoppable to yeah. against a Port defence that has been the meanest in the comp this year. Uh, he just uh, tore him to shreds. A bloke that looked like he couldn't, uh, didn't know how to spell the word forward two weeks ago, all, <laughs> all of a sudden tearing the joint up. It was brilliant uh, uh, and fair play to him. Yeah, something about Kyle Hooker. Um, Harry Taylor has earned a lot of pra- a lot of praise for being a foil to Tom Hawkins and you know freeing him up and you know giving a one on one and letting him kick goals. What about Kyle Hooker for Joe Danaher? Mm. Joe's kicked twenty one two in the last six weeks. Mm. Well, that's, I reckon, like, I reckon Kyle Hooker deserves a lot of praise for that as well for being, you know, taking the attention off him. Uh, and on the flip, I mean, you've also got Hurley down back having a great season. If he wasn't having as good of a season, then they might have thrown Hooker back there to help him out. So, Essendon, you know, they're looking, they're looking pretty good. Essendon, you know, they could sneak into the eight. It's, it's that bloody tight at the moment. At the end of the season, they could play finals footy, which is remarkable to think about. I'm on the record. I'm on the record as saying that uh, this year. Um, it's all culminating. It's all pointing towards <laughs> Essendon finishing seventh and winning the flag from there. No. It's, uh, it would, <laughs> yeah. Imagine mark it. that down. I'm, 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 I'm five and a half I'm, minutes into our round uh, twelve podcast, round thirteen podcast. I, I'm going to just tell you it, it for I said it a couple. I said it a couple of weeks ago on Twitter. I, I just think it would be the best result purely for um, all the like infuriation that will cause. All the <laughs> anger I, I, and might, I might have I'm, to leave well the country. I think. Yeah. Your opinion, boys, Who? what was the biggest win for the weekend? Was it Gold Coast over Hawthorne, uh, Carlton's over GWS, Essendon's uh, over Port Adelaide, or was it Brisbane over Frio? I'll, I'll say uh, Carlton by a mile for me. It was remarkable the fact they got over GWS. It was incredible. And That's the thing. They actually played four quarters against GWS, and GWS never looked likely nah. at all. Like I mean, I think they... Fucked around with it way too much. They had seventy forward half, not not forward half, forward fifty possessions and kicked nine goals. What gold uh, GWS? Yeah, yeah. It was just handball over the top. It was it was like like they were going full Arsenal or something, just trying to walk. Yeah, hey. yeah. They've got. I reckon there's a bit of GWS that um they. I reckon there's something in the GWS psyche where they sort of assume they're going to win the odd game, and, and I think drop they it. did. Yeah, I think they did as well. Um, that, that sort of millennial arrogance seeped into <laughs> yeah. their football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's not play the the uh, the the bloody generation game. <laughs> but uh, um, well, it was a great win for Carlton. They they're experts at dragging other teams down to their level. Mm. But how good was Manny Cruiser? Cruiser was yeah. unbelievable. He dominated Mummy. Absolutely dominated him. All, uh, he, all Australian rock at the moment. Uh, he'd, be, he'd be up there. He'd be up there with Grundy and Martin. I reckon it's a conversation between those three, but he and he he said before the game, "I'm ready for a bash and crash game of football." You know what you're going to get from Mummy, and Mummy threw his weight around, but mm. Cruiser held his own. Yeah, Gi- Giants I, actually took Mumford out of the ruck for a while just to see if they could mix things up, and it still didn't work. <laughs> Rory Lobb is probably their biggest out. Seriously, yeah, they mm. they, they, they patted in the ruck and that didn't work. No, nah. yeah, I, I um... take nothing away though from from Eston's victory though. I think I still think that's probably uh, arguably as good. Well, uh, that's what I was going to say. I thought Eston's was, was easily the biggest of the round. They, you know, there's still question marks over them as a team. I suppose like it's hard to say really where they're going to go, how far they can go. I know I've just made a joke about them winning the flag. Um, they could also finish 14th. Yeah, exactly. Like honest. they could, they could still like they could still blow up now and and do nothing. But um, to 
like Port, who have been pretty much all conquering. And um, I think Ethan will, will, will chat about them a little bit later. Yes. <laughs> um, but uh, for the Essendon to come out and to have won the game by quarter time, that was um, I thought it was re- remarkable, absolutely mm. ridiculous. All, all their midfielders played really well. Joe Watson was really good. Zaharak has, has found some form again. So as much as it pains for me to say it, you're actually exciting to watch Essendon. Mm. You know, they, they genuinely are. They just went straight at the guts. You know, mm. they actually took the game on. Yeah, it was beautiful to watch. You know, they, really aggressive handballs, and they kicked long. How, how good? How good was Tipper's goal? Yeah, yeah, that was bloody brilliant. And he's fun to watch. Yeah, he's, he's almost took that's... mark of the year as well in the forward line. Oh yeah, yeah, got that, up on that, the shoulders. The Moorcroft, yeah. the Moorcroft style one. Just yeah, that would have been. It's, it's, it's amazing. It's, it's kind of like watching like someone like Brent Harvey run around without the impression that Brent Harvey is a complete dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> But it's also it's it's good with Essendon. Um, like you, you, you sort of got used to over the last like five years hating the side of them, mm. and to actually enjoy what they're about as a footy club is is like it's it's awesome. It's a breath of fresh air. It's, it's also a weird feeling. It is a very weird feeling, but I mean I'm embracing it. Yeah, because yes. <laughs> if you don't embrace it, then you, you get bitter. <laughs> well, so the biggest talk out of the Carlton GWS game was. Liam Jones, the much maligned Liam Jones, who um, the second coming, who hasn't, who or hasn't the third or the fourth, had, or had, the, the, had the greatest of careers, and they, his VFL form at fullback warranted him getting a game. He almost had a game a few weeks ago, but he, he had a little bit of an injury, so he finally came in. And if if you believe the rhetoric coming out of Carlton supporters all over social media and in the some, Alex Rance of the VFL, the Alex Rance of the VFL, and in some media circles. He, he had a phenomenal game, and everyone's talking him up as fullback of uh, of the year, of the century, the best fullback to ever play the game, better than <laughs> Sauce. Apparently, they're going to have Mole Joneses and Silvanis in 10 years' time at the Carlton Football Club. Um, Chris Judd called him Liam Dool on Triple M. <laughs> I thought that was really good. Um, yeah, he took four and set marks, double anyone else on the ground. He just... 12 spoils. 12 spoils. It, the problem with Jones when he was a forward is that, you know, he didn't know where to lead, didn't know how to play. You know, he, he could always take a grab. He showed that to the dogs. And he's quick. But, and he's quick. But he never, just never knew how to play as a forward. Now you take that away, all the leading and the, you know, all that sort of stuff. Having to, to actually think. Having to actually think. <laughs> and playing down back, just saying like, okay, there's the footy. You know, go go, go punch, mark or spoil this. You know, it's, 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 it. it's right yeah. there. Just go do that. Now it's simpler and it's more natural to him. And it's still well. Roots, um, I yeah, I thought his game was was awesome. I didn't know he could do that. Mm. <laughs> I, I'd heard that um, he was ripping up trees in the VFL, uh, but I hadn't actually seen it. And then t- to watch him against GWS, just sort of like repelling attack after attack, I I was I was dominating pretty, John Patton. Yeah, I was pretty impressed. But you you uh, not not a sold. <sighs> I think it's one game of football against a pretty disappointing GWS and against a pretty. Disappointing, John O'Patton, who did kick two goals against him. Don't forget, they were early on. He did look good. He did some really good things. But I think, yeah, to say it's a second coming after one game, I think it's very, very uh, early. I think. I think for, like for most people, they're just happy to see uh, uh, Jonesy get out there and actually look like a footy player. Yeah, <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> for once. Is it yeah. a contract year for him? I think he's oh, out of contract at the end of well, this year. He, it's, it's his second year there. I wouldn't have imagined that. The old Jared Grant him, rule, I think. Yeah, mm. they wouldn't have given him three, would they? Oh. Easy second year, <laughs> isn't it? No, I, I think they did give him I three. I think they actually wow. might have given okay. him three. Um, it's his third year there too, by the way, isn't it? it is it? Yeah, I'm pretty oh, sure it's his okay. third season there. 
Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Mm. Okay, maybe I'm getting confused with Jared Grant. Well, well, you're talking about much maligned players, Jack Watts, and um, I, I've already felt the, the desk rise a little bit, Ethan, from your <laughs> your edge of town. He was he was good yesterday, but oh uh, as much and yes, I'll say I've got my black and white glasses on for people to say that it is a redemption game for Jack Watts. Eight years after Nick Maxwell bumped him and tackled him on the wing of the Queen's birthday match is bullshit. He he's performed very well against us. Four out of the last five games. He loves playing he against has, Collingwood. Yeah, actually, to his credit. He's, he's always done well against yeah. Collingwood since then. Um, it was kind of like watching Shawshank Redemption for Jack Watts. You know, he, <laughs> he, was, he got he got his ass kicked early on. You know, he was kind of locked away and, you know, maligned for years and years. Finally escaped and, you know, did the whole double arm spread. Like, I'm I'm fucking free. Yeah. It, it was it was wonderful. And it, it was cooked, too. Jack Watts. He had, a, he had back spasms early in the first quarter, went down the rooms twice, had an injection, um, don't know what else. And yeah, he looked cooked on the wing mm. when he got the ball and he still managed to kick it. That's And save it at the other end. Mm, yeah, yeah that, he got, he, to, he to got that, that touch up the other end. Had five tackles for the day as well, kick three, a couple of marks inside 50. I thought it was a, I thought it was a great game and we, we, we did thrash this out vigorously in mm. our group chat. Um <laughs> And the goal that the goal that he kicked, the last goal that he kicked um, on the run, that I thought that was a very meritorious goal. He'd run a really long way. He worked yeah. hard. Yeah, but I just I just think it's misguided to say that it's a redemption game. You know, oh. it's well, it's I mean, eight he's got on. he's got a history against it was, Collingwood, and it was the scene of the crime. Yeah, it was, yeah, he's got a history against Collingwood, and for him to kick the sealer in that way, like like Ethan said, he did look visibly sort of, uh, you know, like a weight had come off him. I I, I was happy for him. I thought Petrarca was, was more of a game-breaker. I thought Petrarca yeah, tore us up in the second half. The amount of times he got free, we didn't have a matchup for him. I mean, Jeremy Howe well, took mark of the year is sensational, but we can't play him on Petrarca because Petrarca just sits too deep. Well, that's the thing. Petrarca's in the Dustin Martin mode of like when he's taking grabs like that, who do you actually put on him? Yeah. Do, you put, do you put two blokes on him? What do you do? Like He's, he's that strong. He, hmm. he reminded me of um, Paul Chapman yesterday. Um, yeah. Just the way he was such a... A threat and a, like a presence in the in the forward line, like it it was like where's Jesse Hogan? It sort of doesn't matter when Tris, when Christian Petrarca is uh is playing like that. He's so he's such a hard matchup. He's so yeah. strong overhead. He's you know he's he's a you know he's got the um the instincts of a crummer. He's going to be a serious player. And D, D's knew that too. Everything was directed at him that yeah second half. He was on fire for you guys to win when when Grundy was. So clearly, the most dominant ruckman of the round, even more than so. Yeah. He, he fucking dominated you guys. He but you, did. You, were mad at, you, mad, you started to get the clearances in the second half because you just were reading it off his hand. Well, he's a, he's a good stat from the second half. Um, Grundy led the hit out some, Colin won them 30 to 3 because mm. Tom <laughs> McDonald was throwing the ruck and, you know, he was Jeremy, oh, and he was, he was Jeremy Howe's springboard for the day. Why did he shave his head, by the way? It's, it's, it's little, um, creepy, isn't it? Yeah, but Melbourne, le- Melbourne led the clearances like 23 to 11. That sums it up, doesn't it? It was two clearance teams going head to head. We got the first half, you got the second yeah. half, and you overran us. Yeah, I, I um, I was impressed mostly by Grundy's work around the ground. He had eleven tackles yesterday. Yeah. He, now, this is not our weird take of the week, and I wanted to men- have mentioned this to you before the podcast. Tim Watson on the broadcast first quarter said, "Oh, look, you know, Grundy's probably going to dominate the rocky in the tap outs, but he won't hurt them around the ground." Second quarter, he goes. Well, Grundy's That's really <laughs> Grundy's really hurting him around the ground and in the hitouts. They've really got to find someone to stop him. Well, he, he probably That's literally he, what he does. He, you can't flip what you just said a quarter <laughs> earlier. He, he's a he's a midfielder in a ruckman's yeah. body. Like, I thought that was strange. It's what he does every single week. He had um he had the equal most clearances for 
for Collingwood as well. He was just yeah. grabbing it out of the ruck and booting it at yeah. one stage. That's how dominant well, he was. Yeah, well, it's because they were like, you know, they were running Neville Jetta against him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, someone we missed, well, the Pies missed yesterday, Daniel Wells. And I want to talk about, I'm going to throw three names to you boys. And I want to say halfway through the season, who you think out of these three names is the worst trade so far? Vickery to Hawthorne. Uh, Delidio, not trade or, or let's say trade or pick up from free agency. Vickery, Delidio, or Daniel Wells. Yeah, I was going to call you on that because Vickery mm. is a free agent. Um, and he's my choice by a mile. Yeah, Vickery. Even though Delidio's, I don't, uh, I don't you heard think he's, he's good even calf. I don't D- think Delidio's done. Delidio's done more for GWS than Ty, Ty Vickery has for Hawthorne. Yeah, I think Delidio has. Um, he's not even looked at grass yet this year, but um, Ty Vickery's contribution has been a net negative mm. for Hawthorne. So. It's um, I think it has to be Vickery, to be honest. He's been so poor, and that's coming from a guy that that I thought um, you were Hawthorne, on him last year. I I still I still like him as a player. Um, he just I don't know, maybe he just doesn't really fit in footy twenty seventeen. But I really thought that a move to Hawthorne re- would reinvigorate him. But he's um, he's looked pretty much the same bloke that he was in the last couple of years at. Uh, Richmond. Yeah, so, you, yeah, Vickery for me as well. You thought he would flourish at a, a good club like Hawthorne, but then all of a sudden they got rid of Mitchell and, and Lewis and it was a bit of a different story because the delivery is not as good coming into him. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I'd still be keen to see Ty Vickery at Hawthorne 2016. Mm. You know, so yeah, just, yeah. Just, just with that sort of delivery and that sort of potency up forward, just to see how he'd go. Well, he'd be playing He'd be playing instead of a Tim O'Brien or something, wouldn't he? Yeah. So. Because they're seven eighth, let's not forget. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It'll be interesting to revisit this. I, I haven't forgotten that, actually. No. <laughs> never, yeah. ever forget this. <laughs> I was talking to MJ, one of the guys in the office today, and he said, everyone should be supporting the Brisbane Lions because the greatest thing to happen in the AFL this year would be Hawthorne to finish last and have to give that number one pick to St. Kilda. It'll <laughs> <laughs> be the best. <laughs> we'll, re- re- uh, we'll revisit this trade, uh, Vickery Delidio Wells, towards the end of the year. But, geez, Wells out hurts. And if Delidio doesn't play a game... Even though Richmond are paying subsidising that that contract, that's going to be pretty disappointing can, for the Giants. Can I make a quick point about Daniel Wells? Um, when he was in the side in that little stretch, Collingwood were four and two with a percentage of one hundred and seventeen. When he was out, Collingwood's one and five. Mm. He's in a. I, I, I reckon he's a really. He did this at North. He's a really significant influence, especially in the way they move the ball, because Collingwood's been a lot more aggressive, and mm. I think that was ever since Daniel Wells returned as well. So. Is important. Good ball user, yeah, which we don't have many of at Collingwood, so that's probably no. why it's so important. Um, Three-word reviews. We'll move on to that because uh, a bunch of teams had buyers, and we're going to include uh, Gold Coast and Port Adelaide in this in this round of buyers because they had that weird one after China. Um, if you missed it last week, we, we did all the buy rounds. We pretty much summed up their season so far in three words. So we'll kick it off with Geelong, uh, seeing as you're a Geelong fan, Rudy. What have you got for us? Um it was hard for me to fit my thoughts on Geelong into three words, but I've gone with might win flag um, because I find it remarkable that Geelong like, genuinely could win the flag despite being awful. <laughs> like, <laughs> not awful, but like visibly flawed, like massive flaws, but they still might win the flag and it. That's the kind of year where they're at. And it's, I, I don't know. I can't, I just can't draw a beat on Geelong. Every time I think I've got, a, I, I've, all right, I've got a, a pattern of behavior I can understand here they they come out and you know lose to to, to, to fucking Essendon like I don't I don't know I don't know well, um, I had serious premiership contenders which I wouldn't have said four weeks ago but then you had hmm. some like pretty resounding wins or really good wins albeit at home at Scoot Stadium but 
I think you stepped up. I think you're probably ahead of Port Adelaide now in flag favouritism oh, yeah, in yeah, my yeah. eyes. We'll, we'll get to Port in a minute, but I agree with that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I still think Adelaide and GWS are probably the two teams, despite both teams having disappointing losses throughout the season. But I think they're just above Geelong. This is, this and then is, I think there's a gap. This is um, well. This is the the beauty of this year is that all every team has flaws. Yeah, doesn't it? I mean, it, with GWS, the flaw is the fact that they have fifty one injured players. Um, but Adelaide have a you know Adelaide can be easily overrun in the midfield if you can get the mixture right. Um, mm. I'd be if I you know if Geelong were to play Adelaide on Grand Final Day, I would be I'd go in pretty confident. Yeah, Scott sold on. On uh, Rory, Rory Sloan, Sloan, and, and then, it's, and then it's you don't have any other midfielders to worry yeah, about. Yeah, I've gone similar to Rudy. I've gone, guess they're good. Because <laughs> <laughs> we say this, I think Rudy and I, whenever we're in the office, we say this every single week. We never learn anything when Geelong play. Like, they beat Adelaide. That's probably their best win of the year. They did that twice last year. You know, it's just every single time they win, it, it's it's not like you really learn anything. They're that Like, high- like they're, they're, a, they're a top four side. We'll put it that way, and I don't think anything's really changed to suggest they're any better or any worse. I think, but I think most people in the AFL media and punditry would be, well, agree with us as well because whenever they're asked about Geelong, they always start off with that really high pitched word, it's like "well," <laughs> and then they go into it. Uh, <laughs> no one knows. <laughs> moving on to North, <laughs> moving on to North Melbourne. I've got not that shit because they really haven't played a bad game so far this year. They've been thereabouts, but not. Winning, if you know what I mean, they're yeah. they're really confusing. Yeah. But everyone thought they'd be a lot worse than what they are because they got rid of all their dead weight at the end <laughs> of last year. But they've got some really good young players. Mason Wood, fuck, he's a, he's going to be an absolute jet. Um, yeah, he's he's going to be serious. Yeah, and Ben Ben Brown up there as well. And they're doing it doing it without player. a superstar midfield. Yeah, so. well, that's part of the problem, isn't it? They um they never could really genuinely contend when they were up and about because their midfield is full of workmen and there's, they don't really have much class and they. Actually, well, sorry, that that's kind of right. That's going to be my throw of you. Need Josh Kelly. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Because they're they're an okay side. They get Josh Kelly. Mm. They're a, they're a top eight bound or Dusty, mm. or Dusty. Yeah, the the thing is, they don't have a, a an in and out guy. Like no. uh, every good team, it was Daniel you, Wells. Yeah, yeah. Every good team that you can think of has had an in and out guy, and um, or you know, at least one decent in and out guy. North have got a bunch of in guys. They've got Ben Cunnington, Jack Zebel types, and then they've got. Yeah, you know, you're um, what's his name, Higgins, who I don't think has ever sniffed a contest. So, <laughs> and like he's a he's an excellent player, but you know what I'm saying? Like they don't have the, the dudes that can do both, like Luke Shuey, like you know Gary Ablett, like you know any number of of, of players for Hawthorne. Trelaw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, moving on to Richmond, Eighth, uh, you kicks off for Richmond, but I have a sneaky feeling that we're all going to be pretty similar with this one. <laughs> uh no, because mine sucks shit, Rudy. Oh, <laughs> because also <laughs> why? <laughs> because also top four bound. Well, I I can top probably tell bound. you why if you uh, just you know, pad for a little bit. This is probably why, Ethan, that you are uh, you're saying. That. Oh, you got it ready. I am extremely comfortable in saying that I'm. I'm extremely comfortable in not saying that Richmond are the real deal. In fact, I wouldn't. I don't think I'd even have them in my top six. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't know. Uh, he, I didn't know you'd check that one up. Yeah, no, I, I, I didn't. He's That's got it on I, speed dial. That's actually his ringtone. Yeah. <laughs> it's my it's, message tone. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 look, I, I'm extremely comfortable. Um, I've got um, for Richmond. I've got won't win flag. Okay. Yeah. Oh, we, I, could, we could both. They be might. Right. They might still finish top four. I don't think they've got the goods to uh, make a dent in the finals. This is a team that hasn't won a final since what 2001. Mm. 
I yeah. I actually agree with that for now. Yeah. So the way that the way they're going, like they've been super consistent. There's one blip on the radar that was lost to Adelaide, which mm. yeah, everyone was doing at that time. They've but, been they've been good, but and like, aside from like, that, yeah. I, like if we were to, I think that call that I made back then. Now I'm I'm beginning to think I was wrong, but they are a good footy team. 2017 good footy team, like, you know, yeah. it's sort of it's a, it's it's a bit relative, but I still don't think they can win the flag. They just they still every time they're um like every big game they've played, every really properly big game they've played, they've they've struggled in or you know been embarrassed in in, in the you know the whole time Hardwick's been coach. I just can't see that changing this year. If they somehow make the grand final and it's up against Adelaide, Steve Morris might be the first person to, or maybe not the first person, but he's genuinely a chance to play one game of football this year, and that's a grand final, and that's to tag Rory Sloan. <laughs> yeah, they really haven't got anyone else to tag. Mm. Anthony Miles maybe do a, the same thing. Doing Aaron Shake and have zero disposals and earn a premiership medal. Yeah, I've got uh, as my three word review for them: defend a lead. They can't do it. That's they've, they've, they've kind of my point. Yeah. yeah. Well, there you go. I've, yeah. jumped, on, I've jumped on the back yeah, of it, like, like most of the points you make. Yeah, yeah no, I, just, I, just, I get it's true though. They they always they just they visibly panic when mm. they you know when they get in the ascendancy in big moments. Like the fear that. goes into their eyes, yeah, like, West, like West Coast at Perth Airport, mm-hmm. which moves us on to fear West Coast. Ice. Yes, <laughs> I've got to say, mine is learn to travel. Fair. Mm. Mine is just get fucking real. <laughs> Dead set. Who who are these blokes? That that uh, that game against Essendon. I have I can't think of a a more cowardly performance. Yeah. This year of, of footy, they absolutely gave up halfway. Like early in the second quarter, they gave up playing. It was disgraceful, and they're nowhere near it really. Yeah, mine is along those lines. Drink some concrete, and if I can continue, harden the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> They really do. I think um, the one word review that uh, Mick Malthouse gave them in the Herald Sun on the weekend was soft. And that they just it, that mm. just rounds them up. Seriously, they're, they're not a great football team. Not even at home. They're not even there's, tough there's, at home. There's no edge to them. There's nothing to will them over the line when you know the whips get cracking. Like The, the Gold Coast game was a classic point. You, know, you had Shannon Hearn and Sam Mitchell involved late in that play, and they both managed to not do what they were meant to. Maybe the fact so, that they've got the biggest I, ground in the AFL works against them because they have so much more area to run in that they don't have to get the hard ball. And once they come over to smaller grounds, they get fucked on. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Mm. Uh, Gold Coast. I've got uh, on borrowed time, and that's talking about their coach. They had a good win against Hawthorne. Again, it was against Hawthorne, though. And I still mm. think by the end of the year, if he's not still there by then, he will be moved on. I think, and we're talking about, yeah. of course, Rodney Eade. They had a real crack at losing that game on Saturday they, as well. I did. was there, and it was... Uh, Oh, both teams are just abominable. Mm. Um, my three-word review is pretty similar to yours, Rabs. It's a uh, sack Rodney Eade. <laughs> <laughs> Do you Fair reckon enough. that's the, the... I mean, I, I feel that he's bringing that group together eventually. I, no, I, you know, you know my thoughts on Rocket. Yeah. I, they should never have appointed him, ever. And I just, I don't think he's, he, he's just not up to coaching a footy team in 2017 like there there is huge cultural issues at gold coast as well and and um i mean but but they yeah, he's just he's not a good spokesman for them he's it's not a good look i just i just think they should get rid of him and, and start again with someone like they need to write off the team they have now and start again yeah fair enough um i've gone need some consistency because 
I'm con- contrary to what Rudy's been saying. I reckon they've been good at times this year. You know, they've knocked off Geelong, Hawthorne twice. They played well against Melbourne. There are some good games in there. Some good quarters, some good halves, some good games. They've got, what, five wins this year? Mm-hmm. As many as St Kilda, as many as Collingwood. Yeah. It's not that bad. No, I'm not saying it's it's. Uh, I, 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 it's I, 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 I agree with you in that Rodney's probably not the right choice. But having said that, it's not, you know, it's it's not as bad as it's being made out to be, I don't think. Moving on to Port, uh, the final one, we've got to move on quickly because we are running out of time. I've got surprising yet concerning because they've been really good this year, but then now they've had a couple of losses on the trot and I don't know, that, that loss against Essendon was pretty shit house. Mm. And puts a dent in their um, top four hopes, I think. Yeah, I've got uh, Emperor is nude. The uh, Emperor's wearing no clothes over at Port again, I reckon. What's that mean? <laughs> that, that means uh, the the veneer of, uh, you know, sleek footy, the, 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 the new look Port, the, the strong Port. I don't believe it. I'm, I'm, I'm calling them. I'm calling them. They're mm. pretenders. So am I. Um. Against top nine sides, they're zero and five with a percentage of seven five. Um, against bottom nine sides, they're six and zero with a percentage of over two hundred. Flat track bullies, the new West Coast. Mm. Not beyond the new West yeah, Coast. Yeah, that's even that's what's not even the new West Coast. That's just like same old port. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's, that, 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 that's that, where that, they've been at that, for the last couple that, of seasons. That's the thing. They did this last year as well. They beat every side below them, and they lost to every side above them. Like I, I thought things had changed when they beat Sydney in round one. Turns out Sydney's not a good side. There's no... They need that win against the top side. They almost had it against Geelong. They didn't. Mm. They haven't got it yet, and they need it if they're mm. going to be anything at all this year. We'll review the last few teams uh, after next week in, in the podcast next week, but now it's time for this. The big fella's angry. It's Rudy's rant. Uh, all right, guys. This week, um, let's not fuck around. Robbo with the Alex Vasolo stuff. We covered it last week in the weird take stuff, and I was mostly um, a bit sad for Robbo at the time rather than angry at him um, because he handled that stuff so poorly and I knew he'd be copying a lot. But this week, uh, so he contacted... Well, no, Eddie Maguire contacted him and said, don't under any circumstances contact for Sol- Alex Vasolo to apologize. We've spoken to some mental health prof- professionals. This is the way we want it to go down. And um, he's gone behind his back and... And not only reached out to apologize, but asked for an interview as well. Now that's, I mean, Robbo, seriously, mate, how long have you been a journo for? That's like, that's not just like poor practice. That's like ethically extremely shady areas. And, you know, for, for a man that's the, the, the chief writer of the biggest paper in Melbourne, the chief footy writer of the biggest paper in Melbourne, you have to do better than that, mate. Like it... I like I said I'm a I'm a Robo fan, but this is just unconscionable. This is just outrageous conduct. And at the end of the day, I wouldn't want to be making enemy of Eddie Maguire. <laughs> no, no, you pissed off the wrong person. Yeah. With that one. So that, um, this is uh, I've, surely there has to be some kind of uh, discipline coming to him from somewhere. I, I feel like this is it just keeps getting like worse. Well, it might be the fact. Do Collingwood talk to him? Do they give him anything? Does you know? Does he get anything out of Collingwood now that he's, you know, done wrong by Collingwood? Uh, is, is that relationship now soured? I, I don't know. I'll put it to you, boys. Dangerfield last Monday on Talking Footy was very, very hard on Robbo. Mm. It seemed to me there was already an underlying sort of angst towards towards yeah. him. Yeah, and it was fair. This was kind of the straw that almost broke the camel's back here. Mm. I, I actually think that was Robbo 
going into damage, self-damage control. He's like, no, no, like I want to make things right with the yeah. AFLPA because yeah, but there's rumours that they're on the verge of, of putting a blanket on Robbo themselves. Oh, right. Well, do you think maybe in this instance, maybe we're maybe we are being too harsh on Robbo and he genuinely thought he was doing the right thing? Like, I, rather I, than, I do think he was yeah. trying to do the right thing, but I think that it got lost. I think the fact that Eddie Maguire told him that medicos, medical professionals told him don't contact him, I think that got lost in Robbo and he was just like, no, I've got to get on the front foot. I want to make things yep. right. Okay. And you know you know how he makes things right? And I saw this point made on Twitter yesterday. Talk to him off the record. Mm. So, you know, forget about the story. You know, you've lost this one. Right? I thought Robert, you've lost this one, but... You know, get things right with Alex Fazolo. Make sure, you know, that, you know, you actually care about what Fazolo is going through and level things up that way. Don't sour the relationship further by trying to get another story about it and making mm. sure your, you know, your standing and your perspective and your story is, you know, still the priority because it's not. I, I didn't mind. Hutchie's idea was that he should just put his hand up, say, I've stuffed up. I'm taking, you know, I'm, I'm self-imposing a week's ban. Um, I thought that would... You know, I thought that would have been a decent way to go. Um, yeah, uh, the other the other thing to to consider here is how much good is this doing Alex Fasolo's mindset for this to be you know a talking point for you know it's been ten days now or something since the initial Robo tweet and mm-hmm. it's been two weeks since he put his hand up and said I'm I'm not well I'm going to be missing a bit of footy. Um, so I don't know. I start, I'm starting to get a bit uncomfortable even talking about this stuff with Fasolo's uh, own health in mind. So I think um, this will be the last time I say anything about it, regardless of where it goes from here. Yeah. yeah I fair thought, enough. Well, that didn't uh, go the way I thought it would. We were all pretty soft on Robbo. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> I'll, if you don't mind, I'll, I'll finish on this. The perspective I got from someone else in the office is the fact that he made the initial tweet and then he went against um, you know, uh, the thoughts of medical professionals and still contacted him. Does he not respect the, the medical info around mental health. I mean, that that's two things now he's done against that would, that would assume so. Yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. a difficult one. It it's, is a difficult one. Moving on to the weird take of the week. We'll go back to Essendon and Port Adelaide. The booing of Paddy Ryder. How'd you boys think about that? I think that's a good shout to call it the weird take of the week. I don't understand what they're booing him for. Mm. I really hate this shit. Any, any booing of, of uh, any player, unless they really deserve it and they don't often really deserve it. There was I was there at the G on Saturday, and the only times you heard the thirty or forty Hawthorne fans that were there were when they were booing either a Gary Ablett or b um, the third game player Ben Ainsworth, and that was the only time you heard him make a peep. <laughs> to be fair, but, he's, he's a mongrel, Ainsworth, whoever he is. <laughs> <laughs> I was um, I was sorry, I was glad contrary to that. Um, when Lyndon Dunn got knocked out by Mitch Hannon yesterday, he got applauses from both sides, mm. both um, Collingwood and Melbourne. Yeah. Uh, so, I, so it's, it's not all bad. I'll agree with that. That time the MCC gave a standing ovation to an injured player, Lyndon Dunn. I didn't like it when they did it to Alan Dydak, who ripped his hamstring off his bone, but that's all right. That's what MCC and Melbourne yeah, supporters used that. to do. Um, moving on. Moving on. That's it, boys. What are you looking forward to this week? I'm not looking forward to six games of footy stretched over fucking four days. Yeah, ago. no, I'm, I'm well and truly over that. Um, I'm looking forward to, well, I mean, West Coast Geelong is mm. what I'm looking forward to. It's uh, <laughs> West Coast probably without Kennedy, Geelong definitely without Tom Hawkins. I'm just keen to see uh, 
what both teams are made of here. <laughs> Eagles to win one nil through a Andrew Mackey rush behind, <laughs> or Tom Ruggles, like, or something like that like old that, that old uh, video of Port Adelaide losing to the bye. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm not, despite all the possession, yeah. not that I'm making a habit of it, but uh, the lead. <laughs> I'm going to jump on your back there and say I'm also looking forward to West Coast Geelong as well, Rudy. I think it's going to be a make or break game for West Coast. Um, they're at home. If Geelong win again, they're going to be they're going to further their premiership credentials. So. Mm. Good game of footy Thursday night as well. Um, I'm looking forward to Bulldogs Melbourne on Sunday, standalone. Ooh, yeah. um, two teams that are really hard at the contest, both in sort of different ways. Um, Dogs are really defensively orientated team. Melbourne are quite aggressive. Um, these win, they're what, seven and five? So they're fourth or fifth. Um, Dogs need this win as well because otherwise they're what, six and six in a, you know, the only one pre- can, only team who can win the premiership, according to Mick Moldhouse. In a so. premiership defence. So they need this win. Melbourne get this win and, you know, all hell's breaking loose in the MCC. <laughs> so <laughs> huge, week of, huge week of footy kicks off in well, just two and a half days. So don't yeah. get much of a break these days, do we, yeah. boys? Uh, as always, you can follow the Greenfield Post on Twitter, on Facebook, and check us out at the website, greenfieldpost.com.au. We'll be back next Monday with another GFP footy podcast. Cheers, boys.